Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in today's Mornings with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. It's so funny. I was having some tech issues, so I was back here like, do, 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 do. <laughs> so I'm excited to be here with you guys this morning. If this is your first time here, welcome. We are so glad you're here. My name is Dominique Young, and I am just excited to study the Bible with you. If you are looking for a space to be encouraged and to study the Bible along with other sisters in Christ, then you are absolutely in the right place. You're absolutely in the right place. Before we jump in, today we're going to be studying Judges chapter 11. But before we jump in, I want to say good morning to some of my friends that I see here live. And I want to say hey to anybody on the replay. Hey, how you doing? All right. Let me say good morning to some of my friends I see here live this morning. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Brooke. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, Takia. Good morning, Hyquintier. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Roma. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, Taronda. Hey, sis. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, T. Horton. Good day, Anastasia. Good morning, Celia. Good morning, Barb. All right, y'all. We are in the building this morning. Good morning, Miss Margaret. All right. God is so good. God is so good. I'm so excited to see y'all this morning. I'm so, so excited to see y'all this morning. All right, y'all. You, if you've ever been here with us before, you know how we like to do it. What are you grateful for this morning? Let's just let's just take over the comments and just even if you're watching on the replay, just lay out what are you grateful to God for? Yesterday we talked about gardens and we talked about all these gardens that God has given us that sometimes we don't even notice or recognize. So what are some of the gardens that God has given you? What are some of the promised lands that God has brought you to? What are you grateful to God for today? What are you grateful to God for today? Let me tell y'all, I am grateful for these here faith mamas. I don't know if y'all know, but there is some amazing women in faith mamas that are like super giving from the heart. I won't name them. Some of the ones that I'm on my mind in my, my mind right now. Um, but I'm going to tell you what they've done. Just so that we understand God is so good. Like there's a faith mama that is willing to give gifts to the new moms, like made some beautiful, like beautiful blankets made. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you, 
like not because I asked her to or somebody told her to, but just because some that was on their heart. There's another faith mama who's like, I want to send baskets to moms. I want to send baskets to the women here that may need some encouragement. Like there's faith mamas that are like, I want to pay for the whole app so that people can join in. Like they're literally, people are just, there's faith, like y'all, I'm telling you guys, you guys may see me up here, you know, leading through the scriptures, but I'm telling you, there's some faith mamas that you may not know or realize that are really just pouring into the lives of the women here. And so I just want to say thank you. I'm so, so very grateful. God has completely blown my mind with this ministry. There are women, you guys see them in the app, the women that lead groups, shout outs to them. Like they, I didn't ask them to do that. Like I didn't ask them to lead the groups. They did it. They did it on their own. They asked me, they said, Hey, I, and then they were faithful. Like if you have been blessed by the warrior wives group, if you've been blessed by the health and wellness group, if you've been blessed by any of the groups in the app, know that these women, like, I'm not paying them. You know what I'm saying? Like they are just willing, like they are just willing to get in there and to post. If you've been in the, the, the rest and simplicity group, like the, the women in there, like, I'm just blown away. I'm blown, blown away. I'm blown away because there was a time in Faith Mamas where I felt very alone in the work of Faith Mamas. And I look around and God is like, nah, you're not alone. There are women here that are putting in the work because they just, it's just amazing. So I just want to say that is what I'm grateful for. Y'all are typing in your gratitude. Let me read what you guys are grateful for. Lilith says, I'm grateful to God for everything. Come on, sis. I know that's right. Brooke says, thank you, Lord, for yesterday's message. So empowering. Thank you, Lord, for Allison. She's really blessed me to tears. Me too, sis. Like this woman of God, Allison, can we just, Allison, from the bottom of my heart, I'm grateful for you. Like, seriously seriously i just wanted to say that so yes brooke i completely agree good morning cheyenne good morning salia good morning hi quintia says i'm grateful that god has and is moving in my life and my friends lives hallelujah cheryl says i'm grateful for my friends hallelujah margaret says grateful for god's healing power yes mm. Hallelujah. Allison says, I still remember praying for all the things I have now. When I keep this in my mind, it truly changes everything. Yes. Amen. Joanne says, I'm grateful for a successful procedure on yesterday. Praise God. She said, I'm just grateful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, uh, Shanda says, can we pray for the little girls? Heidi mentioned, I meant, missed that prayer request. Let me go up. Let me go up. Uh, Oh, they came into care and they were separated. We said we would take all four so they could stay together. Father God, we lift up um, the sisters, Lord God, that are currently in care that have been separated from each other. Lord God, it's already really traumatic to be in that situation for them. And Lord God, we pray, Father, that a door opens where they're able to stay all together, Lord God, and they can be together with one another and they don't have to be separated in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord God, we pray that you protect their hearts. Lord God, that you be with them, that you lead them and guide them even during this time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Heidi says, I'm so grateful for women like Dominique and Tina. Oh, I love Tina and all the teachers I'm privileged to sit under. Thankful they follow God's leading and are obedient to his calling. I love Tina. If you guys haven't um, um, checked out Raising Kids on, on Your Knees, you really should. It's amazing. Good morning, Natalia. So glad to see you. Good morning, Audrey. Hallelujah. Salia says, I was in the hospital over the weekend and so thankful for God's continued faithfulness as he continues to heal my body. Praise God. And we're lifting you in prayer, Salia says. You are in my prayer journal, praying for you daily. Anastasia says, grateful for the challenges and responsibilities that come with parenting and trusting God with it all. Hallelujah. Ellen says, grateful for new relationships. Praise God. Romans is grateful for it all. Good, bad. God is faithful. Amen. Audrey says, I'm grateful for God. My doctor's report was good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Allison says, grateful for you too. I'm grateful for you, sis, and this community. Amen. T. Horton says, I'm grateful to God for his grace. Amen. Barb says, I am grateful for God's presence and I know it. Who knew that January 2022, Mornings with Jesus got me up at 5 a.m. and I want to. <laughs> Amen. It's been since January. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Erica says, I'm grateful for great for four great days in a row. All right. Four great days in a row. Can we praise God for that? Four great days in a row. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ooh, Heidi says, praise God, they will be back together tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The prayer was answered before we even prayed. Natalia says, I'm grateful for God always letting me know he has me. Ah, amen. He hears my every cry. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Brandy says, good morning. I'm grateful for God's patience. Ooh, yes. Amen. I see my sister Vidya in the comments. Stacy's here. She says, I thank God for another day and all the healthy relationships. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Leah's over here praising God too for Erica's four great days in a row. Y'all, I'm praising God. That is a that is a big deal. Like I know when I have great days in a row, come on, it's time to shout. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. Good morning, Nancy. We're so glad you're here. Nidia says, good morning, sisters. Thank you, God. Thank you, my God, for my sisters. Thank you for my husband's kisses. Aw, thank you, for, thank you, God, for my husband's I love you. Thank you, God, for his hard work. Thank you, God, for his faithfulness in our marriage. Thank you, Lord, for my Savior, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your tender heart. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Janice says, good morning. Grateful for the push and motivation to tend my gardens. Come on. Hallelujah. Bella says, I'm grateful for his favor today, a good night's sleep, and to community of amazing women ready to hear more of his word. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, T. Horton. Praise God. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, don't let me stop your praise. Don't let me stop your praise. If you got to praise, you got to let it out. Let it out. Shout it out. We are about to move into this, uh, this segment of our time where we actually have 30 seconds on the clock to share. And let me tell y'all, God is moving through that. I've been looking at this and every single day, more and more women are joining Mornings with Jesus, whether on live or on the replay. And look, you may not ever know that somebody clicked on the link that you shared on your Facebook page, but I'm here to tell you 
that people are clicking these links. People are joining in and I'm believing that God is meeting. Like, let me tell y'all, yesterday, a large number of people joined Mornings with Jesus and I know they got blessed. Yesterday was amazing. Like I was chewing on that word all day. So y'all keep sharing, keep sharing because it is making a difference and impact. I was talking to Donita just yesterday and I was like, yo, so many people are, 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 jumping into mornings with Jesus these days. And she was like, it's because the women are sharing it. And I'm like, amen. So let's continue to be faithful and share um, it with others because who knows, who knows? Somebody may want to study the Bible along with us. So here we go. I'm about to put 30 seconds on the clock. Get your phones ready to share, 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 share it with your text messages, share it on Facebook, share it on your social media. And if you have a friend that you usually see here and they're not here, like share it with them, remind them if they need a little wake up call. You ready? On your mark. Get set. Go. section where we get to uh, share uh, what God is doing. And there's so much more gratitude in these comments. Praise the Lord. Allison says, I'm grateful for how Jesus has so much love that it never runs out. It's infinite. That means he is more than enough for each and every one of us. Amen. Good morning, Belinda. She says, grateful to be here again today, developing a streak. Come on. Thankful for the word of God. Hallelujah. CJ says, I'm grateful to God for giving me strength to adore. Amen. Amen. Brianna says, good morning. Grateful for mentorship and accountability. It's 7, 12 p.m. here in Japan on Tuesday. Japan in the building. All right, Japan. Kay DeLute says, I joined from someone's share and I'm so grateful. See, see the shares. I'm telling you, God knows what he's doing. Amen. Endurance says, thank you, God, for his mercies. Tess is so grateful, Lord, for waking us up for another day, for God's love that never changes. Good morning, Tanisha. So glad to see you. Brandy says she shared. Amen. Janice says, shared to messenger friends on my profile and God spins a yarn page. Come on. We sharing out here. You never know. Come on. Katie Lou says she shared from, some, she, she came here from somebody's share and she is grateful. So I'm believing that God is going to get this to whoever he needs to. Amen. 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 Lynn says, I shared. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jessica says she's here. Grateful. Uh, prayer went over time. Come on. Prayer. Hey, prayer. Prayer never can go over time, girl. Just keep praying. That's awesome. Amen. Cheyenne says, shared on my Facebook. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. Takiyah is grateful that God has been strategically placing people in my life and speaking to me through them. Just so grateful. Lynn is so grateful to be here live today. Come on. There's so much gratitude. This is, I'm excited, y'all. Can y'all tell? Like, I'm really excited. All right, y'all. I don't want to stop your praise. Keep it going. Keep it sharing, but I'm going to pray us in as we are about to jump into Judges chapter 11. Judges chapter 11. So here we go. Let's go ahead and pray. Ah, uh, Father, 
You are so amazing, God. And we are so, 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 so grateful for you. Lord God, the fact that you can use us just by sharing to bring someone else closer to you, Lord God, that is absolutely amazing to me, God. Lord, that you're not asking us to, to go and do it, to, 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 to be you. You're just asking us to share you. So Lord God, we thank you. And we, we thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for every single woman that is here because someone else shared. Lord God, I thank you so much for your faithfulness to your word. You said that you would meet us here and you have been so very faithful to that for over a year. And I'm so grateful. Lord, as we prepare to jump into Judges chapter 11, we pray, Lord God, that you would lead us and guide us and show us what it is that you want us to see this morning, that you would help direct our path um, and that you would help us to see you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 All right, y'all. If this is your first time here with us, this is what we do here. We're going to read Judges chapter 11 two times through. The first time, we're going to soak it all in. The second time, we're going to take out our pens. We're going to take out our highlighters. Um, and we're going to write in the comments and the margins and things like that. And then we'll move into a time of personal reflection and then to a time of corporate reflection. So if that sounds like something that you are interested in, that you are absolutely in the right place. Here we go. We're jumping into Judges chapter 11. I'm reading from the CSB translation. You can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you. Here we go. Judges chapter 11. Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute, and Gilead was his father. Gilead's wife bore him sons, and when they grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, you will have no inheritance in our father's family because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Then some worthless men joined Jephthah and went on raids with him. Sometime later, the Ammonites fought against Israel. When the Ammonites made war with Israel, the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. They said to him, come, be our commander, and let's fight the Ammonites. Jephthah replied to the elders of Gilead, didn't you hate me and drive me out of my father's family? Why then have you come now with, when you're in trouble? They answered Jephthah, that's true, but now we turn to you. Come with us, fight the Ammonites, and you will become a leader of all the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to them, if you are bringing me back to fight the Ammonites and the Lord gives them to me, I will be your leader. The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, the Lord is our witness if we don't do as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead. The people made him their leader and commander and Jephthah repeated all his terms in the presence of the Lord at Mizpah. Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites asking, what do you have against me that you have come to fight me in my land? The king of the Ammonites said to Jephthah's messenger, when Israel came from Egypt, they seized my land from the Arnon to the Jabbok and the Jordan. Now restore it peaceably. Jephthah again sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites. 
to tell him. This is what Jephthah says. Israel did not take away the land of Moab or the land of the Ammonites. But when they came from Egypt, Israel traveled through the wilderness to the Red Sea and came to the Kadesh. Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom saying, please let us travel through your land. But the king of Edom would not listen. They also sent messengers to the king of Moab, but he refused. So Israel stayed in Kadesh. Then they traveled through the wilderness and around the lands of Edom and Moab. They came to the east side of the land of Moab and camped on the other side of Arnon, but did not enter into the territory of Moab or Arnon, for the Arnon was the boundary of Moab. Then Israel sent messengers to Shihon, king of the Amorites, king of Heshbon. Israel said to him, please let us travel through your land to our country. But, but Sihon would not trust Israel to pass through his territory. Instead, Sihon gathered all his troops, camped at Jahaz, and fought with Israel. Then the Lord God of Israel handed over Sihon and all his troops to Israel, and they defeated him. So Israel took possession of the entire land of the Amorites who lived in that country. They took possession of all the territory of the Amorites from the Arnon to the Jabbok and from the wilderness to the Jordan. The Lord God of Israel has now driven out the Amorites before his people Israel and will now and will you now force us out? Isn't it true that you can have whatever your God Chemosh conquers for you? And we can have whatever the Lord our God conquers for us. Now, are you any better than Balak, son of Zephor, king of Moab? Did he ever contend with Israel or fight against them? While Israel lived 300 years in Heshbon and Arar and their surrounding villages and in all the cities that are on the banks of Arnon, why didn't you take them back at that time? I have not sinned against you but you are doing me wrong by fighting against me. Let the Lord, who is the judge, decide today between the Israelites and the Ammonites. But the king of the Ammonites would not listen to Jephthah's message that he sent him. The spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah, who traveled through Gilead and Manasseh, and then through Mizpah of Gilead. He crossed over to the Ammonites from Mizpah of Gilead. Jephthah made this vow to the Lord. If you, in fact, hand over the Ammonites to me, whoever comes out the doors of my house to greet me when I return safely from the Ammonites will belong to the Lord, and I will offer that person as a burnt offering. Jephthah crossed over to the Ammonites to fight against them, and the Lord handed them over to him. He defeated 20 of their cities with a great slaughter from Aror, all the way to the entrance of Mineth and to Abel Kerma. So the Ammonites were subdued before the Israelites. When Jephthah went to his home in Mizpah, there was his daughter coming out to meet him with tambourines and dancing. She was his only child. He had no other sons or daughters beside her. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, no, not my daughter. You have devastated me. You have brought great misery on me. I have given my word to the Lord and cannot take it back. Then she said to him, my father, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me as you have said, for the Lord brought vengeance on your enemies, the Ammonites. She also said to her father, let me do this one thing. 
Let me wander two months through the mountains with my friends and mourn my virginity. Go, he said, and he sent her away two months. So she left with her friends and mourned her virginity as she wandered throughout the mountains. At the end of the two months, she returned to her father and he kept the vow he had made about her. And she had never been intimate with the man. Now it became a custom in Israel that four, year, four days each year, the young women of Israel would commemorate the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite. All right, let's read this chapter one more time. Here we go. Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute, and Gilead was his father. Gilead's wife bore him sons, and when they grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, you will have no inheritance in our father's family because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Then some worthless men joined Jephthah and went on raids with him. Sometime later, the Ammonites fought against Israel. When the Ammonites made war with Israel, the elders of Gilead and the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. They said to him, Come, be our commander, and let us fight the Ammonites. Jephthah replied to the elders of Gilead, Didn't you hate me and drive me out of my father's family? Why then have you come to me now when you're in trouble? They answered Jephthah, That's true, but now we turn to you. Come with us, fight the Ammonites, and you will become leader of all the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to them, if you are bringing me back to fight the Ammonites and the Lord gives me them, I will be your leader. The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, the Lord is our witness if we don't do as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead. The people made them their leader and commander. And Jephthah repeated all his terms in the presence of the Lord at Mizpah. Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites saying, asking, what do you have against me that you have come to fight me in my land? The king of the Ammonites said to Jephthah's messengers, when Israel came from Egypt, they seized my land from Arnon to Jabbok and the Jordan. Now restore it peaceably. Jephthah again sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites to tell him, this is what Jephthah says. Israel did not take away the land of Moab or the land of the Ammonites. But when they came from Egypt, Israel traveled through the wilderness to the Red Sea and came to the Kadesh. Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom saying, please let us travel through your land. But the king of Edom would not listen. They also sent messengers to the king of Moab, but he refused. So Israel stayed in Kadesh. Then they traveled through the wilderness and around the lands of Edom and Moab. They came to the east side of the land of Moab and camped on the other side of the Arnon, but did not enter into the territory of Moab, for the Arnon was the boundary of Moab. Then Israel sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites, king of Heshbon. Israel said to him, please let us travel through your land to our country. But Sihon would not trust Israel to pass through his territory. Instead, Sihon gathered all his troops, camped at Jahaz, and fought with Israel. Then the Lord, God of Israel, handed over Sihon and all his troops to Israel, and they defeated them. So Israel took possession of the entire land of the Amorites, 
who lived in that country. They took possession of all the territory of the Amorites from the Arnon to the Jabbok and from the wilderness to the Jordan. The Lord God of Israel has now driven out the Amorites before his people Israel. And will you now force us out? Isn't it true that you can have whatever your God Shemash conquers for you? And we can have whatever the Lord our God conquers for us. Now, are you any better than Balak, son of Zephor, king of Moab? Did he ever contend with Israel or fight against them? While Israel lived 300 years in Heshbon and Eror and their surrounding villages and in the cities that are on the banks of Arnon, why didn't you take back at that time? I'm not sinned against you, but you are doing me wrong by fighting against me. Let the Lord who is the judge decide today between the Israelites and the Ammonites. But the king of the Ammonites would not listen to Jephthah's message that he sent him. The spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah who traveled through Gilead and Manasseh and then through Mizpah and Gilead. He crossed over to the Ammonites from, the, from Mizpah of Gilead. Jephthah made this vow to the Lord. If you in fact hand over the Ammonites to me, whoever comes out of the doors of my house to greet me when I return safely from the Ammonites will belong to the Lord and I will offer that person as a burnt offering. Jephthah crossed over the Ammonites to fight against them, and the Lord handed them over to him. He defeated 20 of their cities with a great slaughter from Eror all the way to the entrance of Nineth and to Abel Kirmah. So the Ammonites were subdued before the Israelites. When Jephthah went, home, went to his home in Mizpah, there was his daughter coming out to meet him with tambourines and dancing. She was his only child. He had no other son or daughter besides her. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, no, not my daughter. You have devastated me. You have brought great misery on me. I have given my word to the Lord and cannot take it back. Then she said to him, my father, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me as you have said, for the Lord brought vengeance on your enemies, the Ammonites. She also said to her father, let me do this one thing. Let me wander two months through the mountains with my friends and mourn my virginity. Go, he said, and he sent her away two months. So she left with her friends and mourned her virginity as she wandered through the mountains. At the end of the two months, she returned to her father and he kept his vow he had made about her. And she had never been intimate with the man. Now it became customary in Israel that four days each year, the young women of Israel would commemorate the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to read this chapter in Judges. We thank you for the translators that translated it. And God, we pray that as we move into this time of personal reflection, you would help us to see you. You would draw us to your presence. Lord God, we pray that you would Help us to, to see the things that you want to pop out to us, Lord. And we pray that you draw us closer to you through this chapter. Lord, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. And we ask you to have your way during our personal reflection time and our corporate reflection time. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take a few moments to reflect on Judges chapter 11, and then we'll come back and reflect corporately. Here we go.
All right, we are back and we are getting ready to go into time of corporate worship. Before we do, I want to give a little bit of background of what we have going on here, and then we will jump into our corporate reflection time. So first of all, it's good to understand that the children of Israel, again, they have come into the promised land a while ago, right? They're in the promised land. God um, defeated the people that were living there, and now uh, Israel has taken over the promised land. And they were supposed to drive out the other nations, the surrounding nations, and they did not do that. They did not drive them out. They allowed them to live there. They started to marry, marry the women and all this stuff, and then they started to worship their gods. It's very important to understand that the gods of the surrounding nations like Baal um, and some of the other gods that we hear about, that these gods required some type of, many times required some type of human sacrifice, um, which was not tip, which was not something that the God of Israel ever required. The only time we see something like that is with Abraham in the promised son, but God never intended to actually have Abraham kill this child. He was just saying, will you be willing to give your son to me. We see that Abraham was willing, but God was like, nope. And he provided what is known as the ram in the bush, right? So throughout Israel's history, God has not asked for any type of human or child sacrifice, but they are now living in uh, surrounding nations that do, their gods do require um, child or infant sacrifice for their worship, right? And so this is, this is huge that we're seeing this right here. And I'm, I'm excited to see, excited is an interesting word to use there, but I, I wanna see where God leads us with this because we are definitely seeing um, the surrounding nations influencing how Israel is worshiping their God. And so let's go ahead and dig in. What is standing out to y'all? CJ says, verse 30 through 40, when Jephthah made a vow to God that he had to give his only daughter as a sacrifice. We're going to loop back around to that because that stood out to me for a variety of reasons. Allison says, verse 30 stood out. Yesterday, we saw them make false vows to get what they want. Do we make promises to God when we want something? Will we remember our vow and keep it when we have what we ask for? <laughs> yeah. Anastasia says, verse 34 through 39. Yep, that's all about Jephthah and his daughter, and it's crazy. CJ says, I see a relationship between a father and his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Ellen says, something about the daughter and her friends going to the hill country together. It stands out to me. Yeah. Let's loop back to that. That's good. And, and whenever things stand out to us, it's important. So we always want to identify like, this standing out. I'm not sure why, but I'm making sure I circle that, right? Uh, Stacy says, I like the custom that is still practiced today by the daughters of Israel. I also like that her father kept his word with God. The whole chapter spoke from the beginning. Hmm. Genesis verse 30. This is why God warns us not to make vows, but to simply let our yes be yes and our no be no. We tend to say things out of emotions and get ourselves in to trouble. Brandy says verse 37 through 40. Yep, that's all. See, we're all we're all in the same space with Jeff and his daughter. Anastasia said the daughter's keeping her words is quite outstanding. She could have ran away. Her father trusted her and she did not 
fail. Oh, goodness. Audrey says, be careful of the vows you make to God. There are consequences for not living up to your vows. Janice says, God did not ask him for this. He felt he needed to bargain with God because of the influence of the other nations. Come on. Barb says, first, thank you. Chapter 11 is long. Verse 11 went to God, not getting prideful after being cast out. Come on. Brianna says, verse 30 makes me think of sacrifice. Like when we are in tests and trials and we need to let go of what's most precious because maybe that has our heart more than God. Anastasia says, be careful with the kinds of promises you make. Okay, so we're going to talk about this. We are going to talk about this. Margaret says the people didn't consult God first. They acted in choosing a leader and then asked for God's approval. Yep. So we're going to talk about this super soberly to see exactly what happened. Because we can put Jephthah on a pedestal here because they're like, wow. But let's be real about what Jephthah did. Jephthah made a vow that God did not ask him for and said, whoever comes out of my house, I am going to burn them as a sacrifice to God. I am going to put them on the altar and I'm going to burn them. So we have to understand what Jephthah was doing. We have to look at this super soberly because it can be like, oh, wow, Jephthah, that's so great. You kept your vow. Look, Jephthah burnt his daughter to a crisp on an altar to God. Do you think God wanted that? Do you think that that smelled good? That was a pleasing aroma to God. Hmm? Do, do we think that that was a pleasing aroma to God that he burned his daughter we got to think about this based on the God that we have researched and looked at throughout the chapters he burned his daughter he made this vow first of all he made this vow that God did not tell him to make and he said anybody first of all anybody who walks out the door I will give to you as an offering One thing that we have to realize here is what was happening and why was this okay, right? Why didn't he go back? And I'm just going to say it like, I'm like, oh, because this story always, it just gut wrenches me. Why didn't he go back to God and say, God, oh, I know I said this, but is this really what you want? It was my daughter. Like, why didn't he talk to God about this first? Why was this okay for him to burn his daughter? And the reality is, that's what the surrounding nations have been doing for a while. This was not abnormal to, to kill your child for God. So basically, he, he even though it hurt his heart, he was willing to do it. Why? It wasn't abnormal for people to do this. So he took, he took the, um, the customs of the nations around him and then he worshiped God with those customs. He took how the nations around him do worship and he worshiped God with that, assuming that God wanted this sacrifice. God says, obedience is better than sacrifice. He says that. But here is Jephthah makes a vow 
that God didn't ask him for, walks out the vow that God, it's almost like, and, and I know this is a, like a really like not even equal comparison, but think about if you had a person that hated chocolate, like hated chocolate, hated chocolate. And then you went and you said, oh, I love this person so much. I'm going to give them some chocolate. And you went to the store and you bought all the best chocolate to give to the person. And you brought it to the person and you put it in front of the person. He said, oh, I am so grateful for you. I'm going to give you this chocolate. The person hates chocolate. The person hates chocolate. God hated the way they worshiped gods in those nations. He hated the fact they were burning children. Hated it so much that he sent Israel to destroy those nations. He said it was so evil. It was so evil. He hated it. But this is the type of sacrifice that Jephthah offered to God, the God that hated human child sacrifice. So we have to remember that, that God drove out these nations because of what they were doing. We have to remember that these nations that were worshiping Baal, they were sacrificing their children. They were having large orgy parties. This is how they, like if you research like Baal sacrifices and all this stuff in the surrounding nations, this is what they were doing. And now here is Jephthah giving, the, giving his daughter on the altar of God. The God that hates this stuff. And it reminds me of like, how many things are we bringing to God and saying, well, here, God, this is for you. And God's like, I don't even work like that. God, here, God, I'm going to work seven days a week, nonstop, 365 days a year for you, God. I'm going to work my fingers to the bone for you, God. And God's like, but I said, take a Sabbath. Well, God, I'm just going to work for you. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work till my bones, you know, until I fall apart, God. I'm going to work so hard for you, God. I'm going to do it for you. But I, I told you take a Sabbath. I told you have margin in your life. I told you the rest. You're giving me something I don't want. You're giving me something I don't want. Well, God, I'm trying to, I'm trying to complete my purpose, Lord. I will, I will work till the sun comes up and, and goes down. I won't sleep. I won't rest, Lord. I'll do this. I'll do that. I won't even take a Sabbath like other people, God. But I, but I told you to do this. I didn't say, you're trying to give me what the world tells you to give. But what about what I said? What about what I actually want? Woo, come on. 
Hallelujah. 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 Cheyenne says, this is what my study Bible said. Tragically, rather than simply being an instrument used by the spirit of the, of the Lord to achieve victory over the Ammonites, Jephthah had attempted to bargain with. Come on. Yeah. Tarana said, I was afraid to say it, but was he being selfish? Possibly. And, and he was possibly um, leaning to what he understood. Jessica said, did he know that his daughter would be the one? He didn't know, but somebody was going to be the one. Let's be honest. Who was going to come out of his house? It was going to be a human. The animals didn't live in the house. So he was already prepared for a human to be sacrificed. Maybe he thought it was going to be one of his servants. Maybe he thought it was going to be his wife. But he didn't know it was going to be his daughter, but he knew it would have been a human. He didn't say some uh, an animal, the first animal that comes to me from the yard. He says somebody that comes out of my house. He was prepared to sacrifice a human for a God who did not want humans to sacrifice humans. Hmm. Roma said Jephthah had the spirit of the Lord upon him. That should have that should have been enough. That should have been enough. Tyrannus said, was being their leader more for the people of Israel or for his ego, potentially for his ego? He has, he had been pretty much exiled. They didn't even talk to him because of who his mama was. Kay Duluth says, I think he had distorted thinking from the people around him. Quite true. Ah. Allison says, this is so good. You're explaining this part. His vow was kept, but it didn't line up with God's will. Obedience is better than sacrifice, but our obedience needs to be thought about. Come on. Anastasia said, he didn't know it would be his daughter. And why choose to sacrifice a human rather than an animal? If he had known it was going to be one of his own, he could have thought about it differently. Just thinking, yes, but he knew it would be, I, I would venture to say he knew it would have been a human. He was prepared to sacrifice a human. He just didn't think it was going to be his only child. Genesis, how often do we take the world's picture of God and act as if that's who God is? Are we willing to take the time to know God and worship as he asks us to? Come on. As he asks us to. As he asks us to. Jessica says, this is the perfect example of lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge God. Cheyenne says, but also Israel probably did not know the word of God like they did in the past. Come on, because of the influence of the other culture and religions. So he probably did not know God despised this sacrifice. Come on. He probably did not know. And I believe wholeheartedly that he thought he was doing something right. Why? Because the culture had influenced him so much into thinking that this was what God must have wanted. Ellen says, too much talking, asking, manipulating, and it's a request from God. One of the definitions of obey in the Bible is to hear or listen. Asking God for what we need is good, but do we listen enough? Come on. 
Allison says, we have to remember today that traditions and promises believers make aren't always part of who God is. We must learn who God is for ourselves and learn to discern. Hallelujah. Uh, Vidya says, this brings back memories of the first sacrifice from Cain and Abel, heart intentions and how we make bargains today based on our culture that may not be pleasing to God. Come on. That may not be pleasing to God. Cheyenne says, how can we, how, how much can be avoided if we curtail our ignorance by actually learning God's word? Come on. Actually asking him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Vidya says, wow. So why are the Jews still remembering this and practicing this if the vow didn't please God? Come on. And we're going to see that Israel falls back into worshiping, <laughs> falls back into worshiping. And I'm not sure if they, because when they say they still practice something today, it means at the time that this was written. I don't know if they still practice it right now, but at the time that this letter was written, they were still practicing that. Anastasia says, what God asks of us is willing and willing and obedient hearts, not human or material sacrifices. Katie Lou says, the more I think about it, this is insane. Come on. He legit gave a history lesson to his enemies, but still thought he needed to sacrifice someone. Come on, like, let's dig into that. This is insane. Like, let's call it what it is, right? Let's call it what it is. But then let's look at, do we do the same thing? One of the biggest things that God has been showing me recently, he's like, if I set up rest in your week, why do you think that in order to serve me, you have to work the way you're doing? Do you have a day of rest? Do you? Do you have a day of rest? Or are you trying to serve me with your much doing? But that's not what I asked for. That's not what I asked you to do. That's not what I asked you to do. There are so many of us trying to serve God the way that people say that we should serve him, but not serving God the way that God says that we should serve him. There are many of us that are, are wanting to, to have a ministry. We want to, we want to be full-time ministry, but God is saying, I want to use you on your job, but we're like, no, I need to put more time into to building this ministry on the outside of my job. But God is like, but I want to use you on your job, but no, I want to do, but I want to use you on your job, but no, I really want to serve you God like this. And God's like, will you do what I want you to do? Not what everybody else says that you need to do, not what all the nations say that you need to do, not what all the religious folks say that you need to do to serve me. Will you do what I told you to do? This was the biggest thing that happened in Jesus's day. They were so caught up in all the religion and traditions that they created for themselves to worship God, that when God sent his son, they didn't recognize him. Because they got so caught up in what it looked like to worship God, to sacrifice to God, to be there for God. They got so caught up on the customs that they missed him. 
And the same thing for Jeff. And we've got to understand, he lived in, amongst people that sacrificed kids on a regular, that sacrificed humans to God, their gods on a regular. They, he lived among people that did this on a regular basis. So this was not abnormal to him. I'm sure he didn't think he was doing anything wrong, but God literally fought and defeated those nations because of this foolishness. And then he sacrificed his kid on the altar. And it's like, how could he? But then we have to think, what are we giving God that he didn't ask for? I didn't ask you to work that hard. I didn't ask you to work like that. Oh, but God, I'm trying to live my purpose. Well, since when does your purpose revolve around your work? Since when did God tell you that your purpose was your what you did in your work? Because from what I read, God says that your purpose is whatever he says it is. But who says that our purpose is our work? Guess who? The Western culture. Why? Because it helps people to work. I literally have a book that says, that's called Your Work Won't Love You. And it talks about when this idea of passion-based work started and how it was started as a manipulation to get the people to work more hours for less money. And God's like, you're falling into the world system, worshiping me with it, and I didn't ask you for that. And you're calling it your purpose. I, I set up the Sabbath system, right? That's what God, that's how God set up the, the work week. He set up a system of Sabbath where, hey, there was a whole day that he literally had to bring the children of Israel out of bondage and set up a whole day where he said, do not, do not work on this day. But then we'll say things like, oh, I'm working for God seven days a week, 24 hours a day because the devil doesn't sleep. I got to keep doing this and doing that for God because the devil doesn't sleep. And I heard a pastor once say, why is the devil your mentor? God is showing, I believe God is showing us through Jephthah's life to examine what are we doing thinking we're worshiping God that's not what he asked for. That's not what he asked for. That's not what he asked us for. That's what we decided to give him and he hates it. Tyrande says, this is so good. The Old Testament must be read in context. Otherwise we get whole religions and cults based on flawed theology. Let's be honest, when we read this, it was like, wow, Jephthah is willing to sacrifice his daughter. He's so faithful. But we have to read this in context that God hates that mess. Why would you give him something that he hates? Why would you do that? He calls it evil. But the same thing goes, we look at people, wow, they're working so hard for God every day. They don't even barely sleep. 
People used to say to me all the time, oh, Dominique, I don't know how you do it. Oh, my goodness, you get so much done. And I used to be like, yeah, praise the Lord. And God had to be like, stop smirking. Get that smirk off your face. I didn't ask you to do that. And they're over there thinking you're great because you're working so hard and you're giving me something I don't want. Because why? Because that's what everybody else thinks is successful. And that's what, and then you're trying to give me that. I don't want it. God had to tell me, Dominique, I don't want that. I don't want that. If you have to work yourself to the bone, you can't rest. There's no rest day in your life. There's no margin in your life at all. God says, I don't want that. That's not me. That's not my purpose. That's not my will. God also had to get me to the point where, where I was giving to get because somebody told me to. I Let me be real. I was like, I would take my little offering I would put in an envelope and then I would write on the back of the envelope what I wanted God to do for me. And I was like, because that's what they said. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing this for God. And God's like, stop doing that. Stop it. I don't want that. I don't want you giving to me just because you want to get something from me. I don't want that. I don't want that. The only time you give, you waltz up to the, the offering plate, putting your offering in super happy because you like, God's going to give me this call because I just sold this money into the, da, da, da. and God had to get me all the way straight and say, don't look, if you want something from me, just ask, but don't come up here, play giving that ain't giving. You're not giving. You try to cash in. God had to get me. He's like, I don't want that. Just because somebody told you to do it this way, check my word. Check my check what I said over the course of time. Do I function like this? Or did somebody told you that that's what you need to do to worship me? Did the culture say this is what you need to do to serve God? God, God, it's like, I, I desire obedience more than sacrifice. I want you to do what I said to do, not what culture is saying. Nydia says, verse 39 seems to imply that the sacrifice was that she remained a virgin and never remarried. I have a hard time believing that the spirit of the Lord was upon him and the spirit would actually allow him to give a human sacrifice. Let's look at it. So let's look at what the vow was. Let's look at what the vow was. He says, Jephthah made this vow. If you, in fact, hand over the Ammonites to me, whoever comes out the door of my house to greet me when I return safely from the Ammonites will belong to the Lord, and I will offer that person as a burnt offering. So this was... This was his vow. Now let's go over in verse 39. It says, at the end of two months, she returned to her father and he kept the vow he made about her. And she was had never been intimate with a man. Now it's custom in Israel that four days, 
each year, the young women of Israel would commemorate the daughter of Jephthah, the Gilead. They would commemorate her. Why? Because she's dead. So even though it's hard to believe, it's very hard to believe that the spirit of the, so the spirit of the Lord came upon him and gave him strength and might. But we have to understand that the spirit of the Lord does not take over our mind and does not take over our will. The spirit of the Lord is not like a demon. It does not possess us. Right? Does not possess us. It gives us a bit in the Old Testament specifically. It would give them the ability to do things that were kind of like, how in the world did they accomplish that? And you know, it was only by God. But Jephthah, based on scripture, did make a, a, a vow to sacrifice as a burnt offering. Come on. To sacrifice as a burnt offering, the person coming out of the house. Why is this big? Why is this big? Because it is very possible for us to have the Holy Spirit and still do things that God does not want. If we, if we don't listen to him or ask him. Right. It's very possible. How often do we have, we know that Sabbath is important to God. And many of us would say that the Holy spirit leads and guides our life, but how often do we overwork and do things that God is not asking us to do? Or we give large sums of money to do certain things, but God is not asking us to do that. Is it because the Holy Spirit left us? No, but it's likely because we didn't ask him. We didn't ask him. So the question becomes, when we're doing things for God, did we ask him? Did we ask him if this is what he wants or are we doing things based on what we've seen the religious folks around us do? Tarana says, I was literally crying yesterday because I felt like I'm not where I'm supposed to be and I'm almost 40. I now recognize that this is the world's influence. Come on, sis. God wants us to tend our gardens, not what we think should be growing. Hope that makes sense. That makes sense. Come on. Woo. Come on. Can we stick right there? God is like, we are, we are killing ourselves trying to worship God the way the world says. We are thinking that, the, that God is putting these burdens on us. God, I got to get my purpose done. I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh, Lord, I, I need to be of more value to you. I need to be doing more for you. I need to be doing more for your kingdom. I need to be I need to be starting this. God, why? I need to be starting this bit. I need to be starting this business. I need to be starting this ministry. I need to be doing this and doing that. And God is like, did I ask you to do that? Did I ask you to do that? Did I ask you to do that? We keep giving stuff to God that he didn't ask for. And it's with sincere hearts. Let me let me say this. Jephthah, I believe, was with sincere heart. 
He was like, if you help me do this, I will do this for you. But God doesn't like child sacrifice. The same thing with our lives. God, oh God, I want to do more for you. God's like, but I just I just want you to be faithful in your family. I'm pleased. I am so pleased. Like I had to get this in my mind. God is like, I am so pleased when you show up in your house, when you show up in your own home, when you love your kids, when you're kind to your neighbor. God's like, oh my goodness, that is that is good to my heart. No, God, I need to do more. Like I need to start a business or something. I need to start a ministry or something. Like I need to have a big platform. That's how I'm going to show you that I've done enough for you. And God is like, no, 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 no. Look, I chose Abraham because I knew that he would teach his kids about me. Abraham had one promised child by the time his wife died. They had one kid. It wasn't about the platform and the size. God was like, will you be faithful? Will you be faithful what I've given you? Erica says, why didn't God stop Jephthah like he stopped Abraham? I believe it's because Jephthah wasn't following the Lord when he made this. He wasn't following God. He wasn't listening for him. Abraham was. Everything Abraham was doing on that day was because he was following the leading of God. So when God said stop, his ear was already attuned to God. We have to realize that that God doesn't even want some of the stuff we're giving him. There have been so many times and I'm going to be honest and transparent with y'all. There have been so many times where I've been out doing ministry to others and my household was falling apart. I was serving and serving and serving others. And my husband at one point, and this was a couple of years ago, praise God, God got me, got a hold of me. But it was a couple of years ago, my husband had to say to me, Dominic, I feel like you love doing that more than you love being here with us. And I took offense because I'm like, no, I'm out here doing, I'm, I'm serving the Lord. I'm serving God. I'm serving God. And eventually God had to get me. And he says, Dominique, I didn't ask you to do that. What you're doing is you're taking your love for me and you're mixing it up with your desire for human approval. And you're putting, you're mashing it together and you're giving it to me as if I want that. I don't. God had to get me to the point where he's like, look, I don't care if nobody knows your name. I don't care if anybody, I don't care if nobody knows your name. I don't, I don't care how much you do for me that I didn't ask you to do. I want you to be obedient to me and not just try to give me much. It's almost like, you know, a rich parent doesn't want to spend time with their kid, but gives them a whole bunch of money and toys and gifts all the time. Eventually, that kid starts to feel like, you're not doing this for me. You're not 
doing this for me? Somebody told you that this is what you had to do. Like, but you're not doing this for me. God had to get me to the point where he's like, look, I love watching you love your family. God had to get me to the point where he's like, I love watching you forgive somebody. Like that, that touches my heart. Like I love that. I love watching you forgive. I love you being faithful to the thing that I asked you to do. And I love when you take Sabbath and you rest because you trust me. I love, God, God had to get me to the point where he's like, I love seeing that. I love seeing the fact that you're willing to put down the work one day every week, even though the world tells you you shouldn't. I love watching. God had to get to me to the point where he, I realized, he's like, I love watching you rest in me. Trust me. Come on, God had to show me, he's like, I love watching you be willing to open your house to someone who needs it to be open. Like, oh, like God's like, I love that. I love, God had to show me, I love it when you sit down when no one else is watching and you just pray, you talk to me. I love that. God had to get me to the point where he's like, look, you might be trying to impress me with the show and with all the much doing, but it doesn't impress me. We have to realize that that God being obedient to God, even in the little things, is what touches his heart. Even in what we consider small, come on, God, the things we consider small, God considers huge. God chose Abraham to start all of this. Why? Because he knew, he said he knew that God would lead his children in the way of the Lord. That's why he chose Abraham. It wasn't because he thought Abraham was going to give him this big platform and all this stuff. Anastasia is the same thing here, Dominique. I thought I was doing something to please God while overlooking the things I'm supposed to do in my home. And God allowed a situation that, to happen that got me rethinking. Come on. Allison says, comparison is not from God. We have an audience of one and that one is God. And that one is God. I'm going to look at some of these comments and then I know we've got to close. Ooh, ooh, Stacy says, how many get married out of sincerity and to please God, but didn't ask God or seek him and wise counsel? I'm getting married because I don't want to fornicate. But did I ask God if this is the one? See, this is what God says. We're doing things that we think in all sincerity 
And God's just like, just ask me. Just talk to me. Housen says, I keep hearing tend your garden right here. Never mind what others are doing. Deca now, decades later, I see why. I see the fruits of my labor tending to my garden. Jessica says, so could this include us fasting, consecrating, sewing, starting ministries or businesses? It could, right? So we have to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Is it because God asked me to, or is it because I'm trying to impress God? I'm trying to prove something to God, or I'm trying to prove something to someone else. We really have to take a look at our hearts because that's what God is most concerned about. Why are you doing this? And then if we ask ourselves, why are we doing it? And we know that we're doing it for God. Then we have to ask ourselves, is the way that I'm doing it pleasing to God? Is the way that I'm doing it pleasing? Hmm. I think that this, for me, is so freeing. Because God is saying, you, you, you know, I'm not asking you to guess what I like. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll let you know throughout the scriptures. Right? You don't have to do some grandiose thing. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Why? Because obedience requires a heart posture that's in connection with God. I can throw money at God all day. Here, God, here, here, here's some money. Can you do this for me? Here's here this. Can you do this? Can you do this? Here, here's some more. Do this for me. Here's some more. Can you do this for me? Here's more. Can you do this? Can you do this for me? I can give little sacrifices in hopes that God would do something back. But obedience requires a heart posture in which I care about what he cares about. Do I care about what he cares about? Do I, do I take time to ask him? One of the things that we have to understand, especially, now I'm going to say this, you know, take it to God, especially if we've been in the church for a long time, but never actually read the Bible for ourselves. Okay. So if you've been in the church for a long time and never actually read the Bible for yourself, it is possible that some of the things that you're doing that you think in earnest is what God wants, you may find as you're reading, it's not. And we have to be willing to give up 
the things that we realize, oh my goodness, I was doing this because I love God, but I realized that he doesn't actually want this. Ultimately, I've been giving chocolates to someone who hates chocolate. So, so when I read this, and the same thing for me, one of the big things God has to has been working with me on is this idea that I have to work seven days a week, 24 hours a day in order to pre- please God. Why? Because from when I was young, the idea of working in order to serve or to give or to show somebody that you are dedicated, that was just what I knew. And the more I read the scriptures, the more I realize that God is like, I actually don't want you to do this because you're ending up resting on your works and not on me. The same thing goes, I'm telling y'all, even with faith mamas, God has to reel me back regularly. And this comes from really making sure that we're trying to listen to him, not just work for him, but listen to him. God has to reel me in regularly and say, Hey, Dominique, you're doing faith mamas because I called you to, but you're starting to do it the way everyone else tells you to, and you're not listening to me anymore. I need you to hold, to reel it in. I need you to reel it in. There have been many a times, and this is why I say that I can understand how the spirit of God is functioning in Jephthah to do one thing. And then Jephthah does something that's contrary to God, even though he's also able to do these great and mighty things for God. God, even I have a very real life testimony just with faith mamas regularly. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this so that I can help this ministry grow because God gave me this ministry. So I need to be faithful and I need to do this and I need to do this and I need to do this. And I have a whole plan of all the things I'm going to do so that I can be faithful and so that I can keep going. And God has to say, I didn't ask you to do that. So by you doing that, it's actually a slap in the face. Please stop it. And from the outside, from everyone else's perspective, oh, Dominique is so faithful. Oh, wow. Dominique, oh my goodness, she just keeps showing. Like people have told me, well, how do you do it, girl? And other people will be be so excited. Wow. And God's like, please stop. And I'm like, but God, it's impacting. He's like, please stop it. I didn't ask you to do that. So if you are if you are truly performing for me as audience of one, then you would stop that. Don't do stop doing that. And God has to constantly get my heart, even while doing a ministry that I know He called me to. I know He called me to it, but still I have a a, a tendency to slip back into the way the world does things. And I have to constantly go back to God and God has to constantly clean it up and be like, uh-uh, no, you're doing too much. Genesis, don't go racing ahead of God thinking you know what steps he's going to take. He rarely does the things we expect. Walk with God. Come on. Don't drag behind and don't race ahead. Anastasia said, this was my husband. He kept burning himself out for fear of failing to provide for his family and kept on 
uh, talking to him and I kept on talking to him about it until it affected his health. Praise God. Now he sees the importance of rest and even preaches it to others. Right. And that's in complete alignment. It's in complete alignment with the character and will of God. Jessica says, yeah, that's me. I never read the Bible to learn the character of God, just how it applies to my life. And that is the danger of sometimes how we read scripture and take things like, oh, can it encourage me? Can it? But like, okay, let me see God throughout time. Over the course of time, his character, the patterns of his character, that's the amazing thing about the scriptures is that it shows us how God interacted with certain things and his patterns so that we can understand him, so that we are not swayed by our culture and by what culture does, but we can stand on what who God is. Hallelujah. There's so many good comments here. There's so much good here. I just, I'm going to pray, but I have this, I don't know if it's for someone here. Excuse me. I don't know if it's for someone here or someone on the replay, but it's just in my heart so heavy to say, to say this. You don't have to chase your purpose to please God. You don't have to have some grand thing that you accomplished out of your life to please God. God is pleased every time you turn your ear to him and you follow him. For some of us, we may be sensing God's unction to wash the dishes. And God is pleased. For others of us today, we may feel God's unction to, to go and pray. Just pray for some time. And guess what? God is pleased. For others of us, we may be feeling God's unction to take in a child that needs a home. And guess what? God is pleased. For others of us, we may, just in today, like just in today, just in today, we may be feeling God's unction to, to pay for groceries for the person behind. And God is pleased. Look, God is not trying to get you to some pinnacle place of purpose. God's saying right now has purpose. I'm with you. Right now has purpose. And I'm pleased when you walk in obedience to me. I don't need, God's saying, I don't need some grand thing that you think that, that I need. I don't need you to achieve a certain thing by this time in your life or by this age. God's like, I don't, I don't need that. And guess what? The people that say they need that from you to determine whether or not you're successful or not, they're not going to be there with you when you're here after you pass away. They're not going to be there determining whether or not your life was successful. God says, I will be the one. I'll be the one there. So stop performing for everybody else. 
and doing what they say you need to do to be successful or to prove you love me. God is showing us today, look, when you spent that extra time with your kid reading a story, even though the world said that you should have been working on this and doing this and did it, this is when I was pleased. When you spent that extra time on the phone with the friend that felt suicidal and you were helping them to get help, even though in the back of your mind, you're like, I should be working. I should be using every ounce of my time to build my business. I don't have time for this, but you were willing to stay because you knew I was calling you there. I was pleased. Come on. Janice's famous preachers have come from quietly faithful mamas who were only mothers, only mothers. Being a mom and obeying God in that is a success. Come on. What, wherever you are, wherever God has placed you right now, being obedient to God Listen, obedience only comes from listening. And if I can't, if I feel like I can't hear him, then I need to be in here, right? And even if I feel like I can hear him, I still need to be in here to align and to learn more about him and, 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 and what is pleasing to him. Because it's not these grand things that people tell us we have to do to try to manipulate God into doing something for us. It is just being obedient, being there and being available to listen and to hear. Vidya says, so God spared Isaac by sending an angel, but not the daughter when her father sacrificed with good intentions. Both were influenced by surrounding cultures, but God spared Isaac and not the daughter. This can bring up questions about God's preference. I'm sorry. I know that this can come up. This is this is my, and, and Erica asked a similar question. This is my conclusion to that. Abraham was following God's directions. He wasn't really following the culture. God said, do this. He, Abraham was not trying to manipulate or get anything from God. He didn't think that he had to sacrifice his son so that God could, so that God could win a battle for him. It's, it, it's, it's kind of a, it's similar, but it's a completely different situation, right? He was, we have to understand what Abraham was doing. He was following God. His ear was attuned to God. So when God said, stop, no, don't ram in a bush. His ear was already attuned to God. This was pra obedience practice, right? But with Jephthah, as with some of us, we're actually not listening to God. Our ears are tuned to the culture. And so when God says, stop, no, don't, we don't even hear him. Because even though we have good intentions, we're not listening to him. Not listening. And I think that this happens to us often. 
we're doing things and we're not, we didn't listen to him when we started making the decision and we're not listening to him now. It's not that he's not speaking. It's that we're not listening. I don't know if you guys have ever heard, seen Bobby's world and Bobby's world. Mom always make this wah, wah, wah sound. You could never really tell what she was saying, but she was talking. So if we go into something not listening to God and we continue to not listen to God, it really doesn't matter how good our intentions are. We're not listening to him. It doesn't matter how sincere our desire is. We're not listening. It really doesn't matter for me, my desire to, to see this ministry grow, right? And see more women come in. And so I'm listening to everything the world says about growing something online. I'm not listening to God. So when it took God a long time, because literally I had to break, like literally I had to have a breaking moment in a puddle of tears. And then finally, the thing that God had been saying all the time, I was actually listening. Why? Because I was desperate. That's what happens in the scriptures. They get desperate for God and then they start listening to him. They start realizing that the what they're doing isn't working. And so that stops them from listening to the thing that they were listening to. They can actually hear God. Allison says it often. She says, God whispers in the world is loud. And the idea here is not that, you know, God can't be a thunderous sound, but the, the, the idea here is that God's not going to make you listen to him. It's your choice. And we know even as moms, come on, our kid could be talking and we can tune them right on out. We got the skills. We can do it. However, when we choose to actually pay attention, we can hear what they're saying. We can hear what they're saying. Oh, this is so good. Jenna said, Abraham even obeyed God, knowing that God could provide, even if it meant he raised him from the dead. Come on. Abraham understood God does not want Isaac dead. He knew that. He was like, God doesn't want Isaac dead. So I don't know what he's doing, but I already know based on his character, he don't want him dead. Abraham went into it knowing that. So whether or not he's going to raise him from the dead or something, I don't know. But I realized that God doesn't want Isaac dead. I know that about God. Abraham knew. He was like, look, I already know. So God, he, Abraham was already listening out for how God was going to save Isaac. He already had his ear attuned to that. Why? Because he knew God ain't about no killing my kid for some sacrifice. God's going to do something. I don't know what it is. Even if, and he, I love how he said to his, his servants, he looked at his servants. He said, we'll be back. <laughs> We'll be coming back. He he didn't even say, oh, you know, I'm going to go sacrifice my son. I'm going to come back down by myself. No, he said, we'll be back. Abraham knew. Okay, I don't know what's going on here, but I know the character of God. And I know that God did not give me this child for me to kill this child. So I don't know what's going on. I'm going to be obedient, God. But even if you're going to resurrect, something is going to happen. Abraham knew God's character. And his ears were already attuned for how God was going to work that thing out. Unfortunately, Jephthah didn't know. He didn't. He knew what he saw. 
in the neighboring countries. And I love that the Bible gives us those two examples in the Old Testament. <sighs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colleen says, I need Jesus more. I've really been struggling with temptations for my past. I want to be the one always available. My only hope and stay in him, all things are possible. Come on. We're going to pray for you today. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's pray. And if you get a chance, I encourage you to come back and look back at these comments in the in the live stream. They're really, really good. Let's pray. Father God, first and foremost, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that the daily steps of obedience, the desire to hear your voice, the desire to walk with you and the actually walking with you step by step, <laughs> it's amazing that that pleases you. And that we don't have to manipulate you with, oh, we'll do this if you do that. We don't have to go back and forth and prove and do all these things. We could, be a, we could choose to be obedient daily as an act of love to you. That, that is what you're looking for from us, for our ears to be tuned into you. Father, I pray for Kalina. Lord, we lift her up, Lord God. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to just walk with her, lead her, guide her, direct her, help her to see the way of escape whenever temptation comes. And help her, Lord God, give her the strength to use the escape. Every time, if temptation comes, whatever doorway of escape that you've offered her, Lord, I pray that you would give her the strength and the courage to walk through that doorway and leave that temptation behind in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray for all of my sisters here. I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to see that you are pleased with us, that you are pleased with us. When we are obedient to you, that it actually pleases you. When we forgive, it pleases you. When we love our family, it pleases you. When we love our neighbors, it pleases you. Lord, thank you, Father God, for taking the heavy yoke and burden of some grandiose thing that we have to accomplish with our lives and replacing it with just the simple daily actions of living an obedient life to you. Lord, we thank you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor and we give you the praise.
In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Gideon says, thank you, God. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I encourage us today to stop and just listen to God. You may be amazed that God may be leading you to rest. You may be amazed that God may be saying, hey, I need you to stop trying to build this thing right now and just walk in it daily. You may be amazed at what God is calling you to do right now in this season. You may be thinking that it's some big thing that God wants and you're trying to serve God with the big. You're thinking bigger is better because that's what the world says. And God is like, no, no, no. I just want you obedient right here, right now. Maybe after this, he's going to say, go make breakfast for your family. Be obedient to that. Right? Be obedient to God. Be obedient to his voices where you will find that God's way is so much easier and so much lighter than the world. It always has been. And anytime you feel yourself pressed down like and about to die and be crushed, ask yourself, is God putting this on me or did I pick this up from the world somewhere? Now, there's some things that God will ask you to do that are hard. They're challenging and they're difficult. But when we feel like there's a heavy crush from God, we've got to ask, did God tell me to do this? Did God tell me to do this? If you are feeling crushed, like you're not successful, did God give me those parameters for success? Or did I pick them up for the world from the world? Let me tell you something, sisters, the world will always crush you. It doesn't matter what goal you achieve. If you are achieving it from for applause from the world, you'll never get it. It's a carrot on a stick. God, let him and his will, his desire and being obedient to him, let that be our measure. Let that be our measure of success. Let that be our measure. Not what the world says, but what God says. Let that be our measure. I love you guys. And I pray, I pray that the Lord shows you that the little things that you are thinking mean nothing. I pray that he shows you today. 
they mean everything to him. Everything to him. I, if you can, like, comment, share, and subscribe on this video. Um, and if this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider uh, donating to this ministry to help us to continue to do this work. I believe that God is going to continue to reach women. Um, and I thank you so much for sharing and for joining me in this walk, this daily walk. I love, I love it. God is so good. I love y'all. And I'll see y'all, Lord willing, tomorrow. And of course, I'll see you guys in the app. If you're not in the app, go ahead and download it, Faith Mama's Tribe app. I love you guys. Bye for now. I told you God would show up. He always does. If today impacted your life in any way, would you consider giving a financial gift to Faith Mamas? That really helps us to continue to provide the Faith Mamas Tribe app for free, continuing to do Mornings with Jesus, as well as continuing to provide the absolutely free devotional guides. If this is something that God has laid on your heart, please go to faithmamas.org forward slash give. Your gift of any amount would really help this ministry continue to reach women for Christ. And don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Leave those comments of your big takeaways. We would love to hear from you. And lastly, don't forget to download the Faith Mama's Tribe app. If you're not there yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to build community right alongside you. And I'll see you next time for Mornings with Jesus.